The following podcast is about movies and TV. There may be spoilers, though we do try to avoid them. Also, we occasionally mention current events like the COVID-19 pandemic. This isn't our focus, but it is a topic that is hard to avoid. We know that some are trying to avoid these things because times are strange, but we hope you consider our show a pleasant distraction. I love you. Squeeze, squeeze, squeeze all the morning long. I squeezed that sperm till I myself almost melted into it. I squeezed that sperm till a strange sort of insanity came over me and I found myself unwittingly squeezing my co-laborers' hands in it, mistaking their hands for the gentle globules. Such an abounding, affectionate, friendly, loving feeling did this advocation beget, that at last I was continually squeezing their hands and looking up into their eyes sentimentally, as much as to say, Oh, my dear fellow beings, why should we longer cherish any social acerbities or know the slightest ill humor or envy? Come, let us squeeze hands all around. Nay, let us all squeeze ourselves into each other. Let us squeeze ourselves universally into the very milk and sperm of kindness. Would that I could keep squeezing that sperm forever. Oh, welcome back, couch potatoes. We're green and faceless on the couch, and I'm the green traveler. And I'm the faceless Leon. And and I was just I was just reading to the faceless Leon uh, from Moby Dick, but it's time for our threesome. <laughs> oh, thanks for indulging me, <laughs> <laughs> gentle globules. Ah, <laughs> uh, so it's uh it is still the season, and plenty more of the the season to come. We like to extend this season. Uh, but anyways, we're still dead in it. And uh, oh, we're yes. talking about some movies that you might have overlooked. Like Moby Dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know if you can't overlook Moby Dick. It's everywhere, man. It's everywhere. But yeah, we're talking some spooky, scary uh, horror movies that... Um, two of them I've personally overlooked... Uh, and one of them I just feel is overlooked in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think all three of these movies might have been overlooked. You know, I have never seen any of these movies. So yeah, I've it seen was uh, an experience for me, for I, sure. I also discovered while editing, it's pointless to, to withhold the titles of the movies since we're just going to put them forth in the title yeah. of the episode. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I, I have seen... Uh, I realized I was doing that last episode and I was like, why am I Why am I withholding that spoiler? Like, they can see it at the front. No, um, I've seen In the Mouth of Madness before just once. I think I saw it last year and like I, didn't, I did not know of its existence until last year and I saw it and I'm like, why don't people know of this movie? I had no idea. <laughs> like, and it, I think... Yeah, I guess we'll talk about it more, but <clears throat> yeah, and not intentionally. All these movies are two decades apart. Uh, yeah. Deep Reds from the seventies, and the Mouth of Madness is in the nineties, and then Velvet Buzz- Buzzsaw just last year. That's so, kind yeah. of crazy. I didn't really. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't mean to do that, but when I uh, when I wrote them down, I was like, oh, that's good. There's yeah. a there's a sense of evenness there. My OCD yeah. can calm down. <laughs> a nice a nice spread. Of things that we didn't know about. Um, 
what else are we talking about? We're talking about uh, the 75 movie Deep Red. Yeah. And Should we just dive on into that one? Uh, yeah, sure. Did we mention that the third was Velvet Buzzsaw? We might have. but Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. I think so. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead. Right into Deep Red. Okay, so it's directed by... Uh, Dario Argento, Dario Argente? I'm pronouncing it wrong, I'm sure. He did uh, Suspiria, um, which I remember you and I watched that, yeah, that in cool. college. All I remember is something about a witch and the color red. Yeah, um, it was, I guess we're not talking about that movie, but it was uh, a dance school, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, it wasn't a dance school. We're not, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's Dario Argento's, I think, um, most known works Suspiria is i would say so i mean i had heard about it just in passing before we watched it um so if I, I remember liking it, it yeah i liked that one for sure so yeah deep red um you know guys like he's just going home right when he happens upon a murder he's going yeah he's going he's going like back to his hotel or something because he's not from italy he's not yeah yeah, he's from England. Yeah, and um, he's he's with his like uh, a a friend there, a drunk guy named Carlo. Yeah, I remember the drunk guy's name. I don't remember our main character's name. That's uh, I have it. Uh, I have the cast list pulled up. His name is uh, Marcus Dally. Marcus, that's May- right, Marcus. Uh, but it's pe- played by David Hemmings, which was like really the only guy I recognized from the cast. I don't even think I recognized him. Uh, I just... <laughs> I'm a secret fan. Not so secret any now. Uh, very public fan <laughs> of the movie Barbarella. And oh, okay. He's in it, and he's he's really <laughs> funny in the role he plays in that. But, uh, yeah, go ahead. It. Yeah, so uh, he happens upon a uh, woman getting murdered. And, you know, he goes to try to help her. Uh, but when, you know, he goes in there and, uh, you know, he sees, you know, a painting or something mm. and then, you know, he, you know, everything in there is kind of weird. The whole, yeah. there's a lot of paintings put up and everything, but he notices the, you know, the artwork on the walls and all that kind of stuff. And then finally gets to her body. He's too late. She's already dead. Um, but then he starts investigating it. I don't remember what spurns him to, uh, yeah, I start don't investigating. know what his motive is. i can't remember there is a motive i just can't remember what it is i think maybe there isn't you know maybe he's just curious i don't know um but yeah he he starts investigating on his own like he's not a what what did he do again what was his job because he's not (laughs) he's a a pianist and i laugh because that's part that's a joke in the movie like uh carlo's mom keeps on calling him an engineer oh yeah that's right <laughs> and he's like i'm a pianist <laughs> and she's like oh an engineer who plays piano oh man, oh, man. that's sad <laughs> yeah like but yeah it's like it's not something that like attached itself to me for the character like i didn't really sure. attach myself to any of these characters i wasn't i was more interested in the mystery that was going on because sure. he starts investigating um the murderer starts kind of going after him a little bit too mm-hmm. uh and like that's kind of that's kind of the synopsis right there is you know he, he just starts investigating this murder, uh, well a series of murders after that, and he gets you know involved in something. I guess a little more personally expected it to be. Yeah. Say that. For um, sure. 
But yeah, we'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and say that you know, comparing it to his other works is not you know a great way to go. I shouldn't start that with Argento. Mm, I would say but, so. But I do, I do really like. I like the killings in this movie. I think uh, they're yeah. very brutal, um, very. They're inventive, but at the same time, um, the I, I guess the writers, when they were coming up with how they wanted people to die, they wanted to have very basic injuries that could happen to normal people because they wanted people mm. to be able to relate to what was going on with everybody. So oh. it's like the one one lady gets like boiled in her bathtub. Yeah, that was that was fucked up. <laughs> you can kind of imagine that too. You know, it's like hot water and it, like just burning your skin or something like that's so, you know it's a very right. common injury that happens. Um I did want to talk about that scene a little bit. Um mm-hmm. because honestly that 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 gives like one of the best uh clues in the movie too. I'm not going to yeah. say exactly what it is, but it uh that real that scene sets up a lot in uh for about 15 minutes after this scene there's a good succession of events that really depended on this scene and then i feel like they kill the person with this the information and then i'm like okay (laughs) but whatever yeah um (laughs) no i i I can agree with that yeah Yeah. i I get what you're saying there is kind of a a red herring yeah built off of this scene but i mean but at the same time they kind of explain it you know with the with the with like uh halfway through the credits there's a murder you know and then uh uh it start you know you see the a knife drop at a kid's foot and then the kid picks oh, up right. the knife and walks off stage kind of thing and then uh they kind of repeat that at the end of the movie and explain that red herring right um and i mean they do go into more than that too of course we just course. i just don't want to go you know i don't want to spoil everything yeah, I mean, there's definitely a mystery going on, so it's kind of hard to yeah. talk about specifics with this movie. Uh, and and yeah, personally, really. I really like the mystery. I thought I thought the tension built around the mystery was a lot of fun. Um, one of my favorite things about this is the the score. I really was, enjoyed the music in this. There was, especially in the latter half, there was some stuff that I was like, man, this is honestly kind of jamming like they <laughs> well that yeah that's the thing like it's he builds up the tension with like this really slow mm-hmm. and like um you know tense creepy music and like it's really perfect and then it just goes into like a fast action like chase scene music oh, yeah when when the killing starts to happen with plenty and of electric I loved guitar. it yeah. And, yeah and i loved it <laughs> it was so good because it's just like you know the 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 prelude of that music, you know, the, the action music is just so eerie and, you know, you kind of get like a little creeped out. It's like, Oh no, something's going to happen. You know, the mm-hmm. murder is about to happen. And then it just like, it becomes like a fight scene almost because it's like, okay, they, they might be able to fight them off. They might be able to survive. <laughs> you know, the music makes it seem like it's yeah. going to be so, uh, cause it's just like, it's, it feels like it's an action fight scene music. And I loved that. It was such a good choice for so me. So I did, uh, uh, so I just remembered I I had a a point of wanting to talk about that bathtub scene because mm-hmm. that like when they first the first time they pull her out, uh, that makeup was so good. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, whoa! Like she actually looked like she's burnt because, and like I I mean I just didn't notice the edit 
well because they show 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 her face right before she goes in the water and then when they Mm -hmm. pull her out she has the scold makeup on it's like she actually got scolded it was that Mm -hmm. was good but then the next shot that they come back to her the makeup is all (laughs) fucked up Uh, there's a couple of moments in this movie like that where they probably are like, you know what, we should get it from this angle. Let's do it again, and it just yeah. didn't get set up the same way. But I just, I feel like the deaths were brutal. Yeah, and I feel like that for me that really helped the movie because uh, it it made it more, you know, it got under my skin more. Mm-hmm. The music was great. Uh, I liked the mystery. I liked uh, even though the character was kind of goofy. Yeah, you know, I liked following him on this mystery, even though I was I wasn't really connected to him. I wasn't really rooting for him, but um, just like just watching this guy just stumble along through this, like he's not a, he's not a detective at all. He's just kind of figuring things out on his own. He's like, oh, I guess that makes sense, you know. And it's like, why don't you just let the cops handle it? But yeah, no, whatever. yeah, I really, I really don't think they set up his motivation to be a part of this story i think if there was anything in it it was through the journalist character who like they had this weird like feminist scene where she arm wrestles him uh but besides that she's really i feel like not in the movie there's like one other scene where she gets uh gets something done to her <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I already it already slipped out so i guess sorry spoilers but anyways there's something there's something that happens where she just lives a very long happy life yes yeah, so a very <laughs> long happy life but anyways i think because she came to him and was like hey you gotta let me write about this um it was her questioning him that i think mm-hmm. was supposed to motivate him to look deeper into it but other than that i don't understand why this pianist thought he would be a good fit to solve this mystery (laughs) that was really bothering me throughout the whole film and right uh and the thing is is that he's better than the italian inspectors like what the fuck yeah well i mean that's a common trope (laughs) that's true that is true yeah the the cops don't know how to do inspectors are too that's, yeah, they don't know how to trick. do their job, or they're too busy, or they're not looking right. at the right spot, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, they do they do give him motivation about halfway through the movie, because he gets a yeah. direct threat from the killer. Yes, at that point, I understood. But like, I yeah. was like, but I, you could have avoided all this, dude. Just go back to England. Yeah. He's not going yeah, to follow you. <laughs> yeah, if he hadn't been poking the bear, like, if he hadn't been poking the bear and just... Uh, you know, just let it happen. Like, let the cops investigate. Don't worry about right. it. You know, he wouldn't have gotten that direct threat from the killer. It's not but even. But once like he got that direct threat, country. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But once he got that direct threat, you know, he was like, "All of right, course. now my life is now my life is in danger. I have yeah. to I have to get this resolved." But I will. Okay, we're gonna go into a spoiler here. Sure. So, uh, skip skip forward until, let's say minute eighteen or whatever. We'll try to. I don't. I don't fucking care. Just if you don't want to spoil yourself, just stop listening for like say la 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 for five minutes. Yeah, la la um, la for five minutes, or just take that little button on the scroll thing and, and <laughs> go up five minutes. Exactly. 
Hello, this is the Green Traveler stepping in from the future to advise you to skip forward to minute 18 if you wish to be spoiler free. It was a good guess. Thank you. Goodbye. Love you. So, the spoiler I wanted to talk about that kind of ruined the film for me, um, but but it didn't really. I still really enjoyed the film. I just, I kind of knew what the, like one of the twists was going to be. Um, because he walks into the apartment when he first sees the murder. And when he's walking through the apartment, he sees what he thinks is a painting. Mm -hmm. And when he's walking out, that painting is no longer there. And that becomes like, you know, that's his lead to the investigation. Somebody stole a painting and murdered this woman. But when I was watching it, he's walking along the hallway. Right. And I see something and I say, that's a woman standing right there. It didn't look like a painting to me. It looked right. like a woman standing in the hallway. I get how he thought it was a painting. Yeah, I get I get why like him wanting to go straight through this room and get to the back, but it's definitely there for a smart audience member to see. And so and so like I kind of just figured that, you know, from the get-go I knew who the killer was. Well, I mean, I guess I didn't, obviously, but like I didn't recognize it as a woman, ob- honestly. I kn- I was like, oh, okay. there's somebody right there. That's the, yeah. that's the killer. Um, yeah, and I was expecting it because he had that tense music. I, I was expecting it to kick into that action gear and and he get attacked by the killer right then and there. But right, no, yeah, he, I, thought, he, I thought maybe he was not the main character. He was just a, a pile on to the to the yeah. bodies pile. Um, yeah, but no, that that kind of threw it off for me because I knew what we were looking for, and mm-hmm. so when they revealed the red herring character right. as the killer i was like nah i'm not feeling that that doesn't seem right you know because i knew what i was looking for so then like i looked you know i checked the timeline i'm like okay i got 15 fucking minutes left yeah so you know it kind of ruined the the twist for me yeah so i think that you know we really only talked about the, that spoiler for three minutes um so you know if you're, if you're tuning back in right now this is this is where we'll try to be more spoiler free yeah. huh unless sure. you unless you want to talk about it more we got we got two minutes no no that's no that's really it that's okay. really it that's all i wanted to say was you know i would give it i'd say three out of four stars mm. um quite a lot of fun for me uh it got the tension you know i was you know i wasn't I wasn't like grabbing the grabbing the seat and like hunkering down like trying to hide from anything. Right. Uh you know, I wasn't trying to hide from the spooks for the rest of the night, but it was still really good. Right. Um a nice fun who done it slasher, I guess. Right. I um you know, I I I don't know what did it to me for this film. I just didn't quite like it. Um, it might have been, well, this is the reasoning being that it's a little dated, um, probably for some of the things like Mm. the feminist, the, the arm wrestling scene really, really threw me off. I was like, this is so silly. Like, yeah. I, and I mean, like, I know it's mid seventies, so things were no, it's different. definitely out of place yeah but it's yeah it's, it has nothing to do with the movie it it there it and it it was trying to give this woman character from some character but then they didn't give her any character yeah. 
Um, well, then, it, well, then it devolved into you lifted your elbow off the table. You right, cheated, right? You know? He just kept on calling her a cheat, and like it was like I, I guess it was something about mochismo or something. But this guy really yeah, doesn't have that much mochismo. Like I, I don't, I don't understand. Uh, so for me, I really, honestly, I, I don't think. Um, I would say go out of your way to watch this movie. But if you are a fan of Suspirio, you know, and want to check out more from that director, go for it. There was definitely times that I enjoyed this film. Uh, like you said, I think a lot of the, the setups for the murders and stuff was pretty good. And, um, but all in all, I, I really didn't take to this film it's it's not worth it for the characters at all. No, um, no. I I would definitely say it's worth it more for the for the kills and I'll for give the, it that, that fun fun little mystery. It's yeah. not the best mystery, but like you know, it's still it's still enjoyable for me. There were two characters I did want to talk about. Um, oh yes. Uh, so at the beginning, the the whole impetus of him being involved, going up to that apartment, um, like and this is set into the description that it's a fame a world famous psychic and oh right i forgot about that and the killer only kills them this is set up at the very beginning of the film too i don't think it's a spoiler uh they only kill them because they psychically sense them while they were doing a show and um anywho i thought that that psychic was like one of the most compelling characters and she's dead yeah, in 10 minutes yeah i can agree with that uh, it was kind of annoying because i really liked annoying. her too yeah she was really good and i thought you know maybe they'll bring her being a psychic back into the show it did introduce some other characters that were supposed to be important but i really didn't feel like i needed to pay much attention to them and mm-hmm. um so but anyways the the character uh the the actor that played that um psychic she did a really good job um i i don't remember what her name was um but she was uh a german uh at least she had a german accent she was supposed to be german and um it was really interesting and if the if the movie had like 45 minutes of her i think it would have really benefited like yeah, if she had been if she had been the investigator, right, it would have been more compelling. Yeah, for sure. If if they had made her the investigator, they could have also relied more on that kind of a storytelling where she's you know has to look into people's brains. Yeah, or even you know would have been more interesting be, to me as a person who doesn't really believe in spiritualism and, and psychics and stuff would be if she like re, like throughout the movie was revealing that she was really just super intelligent and observant um that would have been more interesting to me too uh like a little side mystery to the mystery um but now we're just rewriting a movie <laughs> uh, so the other character i want to talk about was the little girl that kind of helped solve the mystery she was so interesting i thought um, I'm trying to remember her. She, just a little local girl that he meets up with a couple times because she goes to a school that gets brought up in the mystery, and um, 
she but she also likes to put pins into lizards and i was like oh my god this this little <laughs> this little troubled girl like she's so interesting i wish there was more of her too um, i feel like i completely blacked her out i don't remember she's, this character. she's got red hair her dad was um much more italian looking than she was which you know there's redhead italians so i'm not gonna you know say that they didn't do a good casting for that but anyways yeah, careful there um <laughs> yeah anyways uh her dad like at first just seems like he might be abusive and me- well he is a little abusive but she does do some very troubling things in the film it's just it, it's only a couple times but that's it. I, I literally blacked this character out. I cannot remember. Oh my her. god! I that was when the movie. It was towards the end, and I was like, "Man, notch that notch got, off the we, movie two we and a half stars." <laughs> <laughs> With two and a half stars, you kept going. It's notch off now. I don't remember this character at all. <laughs> well, that's that's pretty much what I have to say about Deep Red. I I I don't I yeah. don't think you need to go out of the way. I guess. Yeah, I think if you enjoy this type of, like, these older Italian uh, horror films, right? then yes, go ahead, go at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not the best thing for your, for your night, so <laughs> let's, move, let's move on to something that might be. Yeah. So onward to In the Mouth of Madness. And upward. So, um, In the Mouth... In some opinions... In some opinions, I will say mine. So this movie... In our our opinion. (laughs) In our opinion, yeah. Uh, This movie is exactly 20 years younger than the previous movie we talked about. Um, About, yeah. uh, 95, so I guess I was three. And uh, anyways, this man with two first names, Sam Neill... playing he of jurassic park fame he of he of jurassic park uh, fame playing john trent another man with two first names so that's four that's four first names um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> can tell you that huh <laughs> um so anyways trent which he is which he is referred to for most of the movie which honestly, the reason why I bring it up is because it did confuse me. I was like, "Who the fuck is John?" <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah uh, just for a second, and then I was like, "Oh, his name is John." John. Yeah, Trent. I never even noticed. I never even thought uh, of it. Uh, anyhow, uh, John Trent is an insurance uh, fraud investigator, and yeah. um, he gets sent on a job to investigate this missing writer setter kane who is like your stephen king meet lovecraft he's he's better than stephen king yes he sells better he's outselling stephen king um which is a uh, kind of a funny part of the movie try i guess yeah. trying to make it feel totally more real um, yeah i mean he's he's like stephen king and uh john carpenter are friends oh, so like sure, it's yeah. it's definitely a like he john carpenter directed uh christine uh, oh yeah stephen king's yeah stephen king's novel about the car that comes to life kind of that's thing that's crazy i um, think that he so yeah, if they're good friends gonna do it well it would have been him 
Yeah, this character Sutter Kane is like one hundred percent based off of Stephen King, I think. Like, oh uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, but... it's written. The story's written by somebody else other than John Carpenter, but it's definitely a Stephen King Lovecraft character. I thought he did write it, but anyhow, um, uh, Sam Neill uh, and uh, John Trent, John Trent, yes, excuse me, along with uh, Linda Stiles, who works for the the publishing company. She's the sole editor of Sutter Kane's books, so she's pretty curious as to where he's gone off to too. Um, mm-hmm. But anyways, he's hired by the company that owns them i think that's the way it goes to uh investigate this to see if they're just pulling a hoax yeah and he finds out somehow that i don't want to spoil um that he thinks that sutter kane is in a fictional town yeah we um we can say they find sutter kane at hobbs end they ha- there you go they find sutter kane at hobbs end um, which is a, a new hampshire a fictional town of sutter kane's design but right it, but he's actually there so he's actually there the town is real and that's pretty much i i mean without giving away shit that's kind of the synopsis well, we could, yeah we we could say that bits of the bits of the town come directly from his stories right so it's it's you know something's off about the town right so but it is framed at first it's framed at first um, and throughout (laughs) (laughs) that is true yeah i I was not gonna bring that up actually i was gonna talk about the the town the town yeah uh, it's framed like uh it's maybe just his hometown and he just wrote specifically about it um, i mean it could all it could all be a hoax too it could, you all know, it could, still be, it could a be a whole it That's could be right. all of a setup from the publishing company mm-hmm. uh you know sam sam neill's character you know he he's an expert at you know finding the con you know they, they show that up they show that up front you know when they introduce his character he mm-hmm. he, he easily whittles through a you know a farm guy um <laughs> yeah to to find to find a scam you know a very obvious scam of course but like he they show that he's really good at just like working the guy over mm-hmm. and uh and discovering the con yeah he's he is the biggest skeptic you'll ever meet so yeah, and he's tossed is, into this crazy awesome mystery right that is honestly like one of the major themes of this movie is skepticism and like what is reality so mm-hmm. if you like movies that bring you uh, to the brink of your understanding of what reality is, this is a good chip pick for you. <laughs> yeah, one one hundred percent. Like just with the, uh, just like how Wes Craven and Nightmare on Elm Street, like how they captured mm-hmm. that uh, that switch, you know, that very delicate switch between like real and fiction, right uh real in the dream world and um nightmare on the street that's just it's it's so well done here with uh john right. carpenter this and one it's like they instead of just walking that line back and forth like in nightmare there mm-hmm. it just is bleeding through 
It's they, just... they drive they drive right into that. Oh, they do. <laughs> yeah, that's a joke. That's good. That's good. Okay. No. But I I don't know if we can describe that scene. No, or not. we won't. Okay. We won't. Well, I will. I will say that is one of my favorite scenes uh, in the whole movie. Um, yeah. I will say it is a it is a driving scene at night, mm-hmm. and it has one of the creepiest uh, moments I think in in terms of a horror movie. And that's a uh, I will spoil this one little horror scene because it's so good. Um, yeah. Like just just me telling it to you is not going to ruin the effect of seeing it because I, I think it's it's a really good, uh, well set up scene, and the lady is driving. What's her name again? Uh, her name is Linda Styles. She's played by Styles. Julie Carmen. Okay, yeah, uh, Linda Styles. Um, Styles is driving, and it's at night again. And she sees a you know a kid on a bike come up over the, um you know in the over the horizon and it's like that's one of the good shots too is like you look out the front window and it, everything's dark except for like the, the yellow, of the road markers right um, and it's like four o'clock in the morning, too. yeah like really early she's really tired, and she passes this kid on the bike and she you know she particularly notices and hears the clicking of two, uh, cards wedged in the tires you know the the bicycle uh, cards and she she thinks nothing of it and they they show this is one of my favorite shots they show the kid disappearing into the darkness in her taillights so like completely black screen except for the red of the taillights and then this like creepy kid just like slowly disappearing into the darkness like such a good shot it's good and then she, you know, and then immediately, or not immediately, but, you know, like a Very few seconds after. pass. Yeah. Yeah. A few seconds pass. And then another bicycle comes over the horizon out of that darkness. And it's, you know, still got those two cards in the tires and the person that's writing it is older. And like, oh, it just, it gets creepier from there. But like that scene is so yeah. effective and it's so it disturbing for me. I love it. it it's such good. a good, one um, of my favorite John Carpenter moments in a horror movie i also really liked when they got the hobbs and um yeah that was a good transition from that <laughs> yeah. scene into the the town scene i don't want to talk too specifically about it it's just good yeah um, it's it's really well done and it's it's set up perfectly so that it could still uh so that the main character sam neil uh john trent just you know he doesn't he doesn't yeah. he's clueless still you know he he could still you know, all options are available to him for whatever mm-hmm. could be, uh, right. For whatever the mystery could be. And I like, it's just, it's all, it's really well set up. It's a fun, just such a fun mystery too. Right. Like it's so absurd and, uh, Lovecraftian. Yeah. Um, yeah, the more, the more everything, d- uh, comes to light, the more it literally just feels like a Stephen King novel brought to light. Are brought to brought to the big screen that is but also with that lovecraftian element that like you know Stephen king has a couple lovecraftian stories but like i feel like this this movie is the perfect blend of those two uh those two authors in a film hmm. yeah it, it i mean the there are some monsters in this movie and the effects were fucking fantabulous oh yeah i do okay i do love the puppetry but I kind of wish they hadn't shown the army when they showed it. The army. Um, the army. Where the puppets are, well, like all those monsters at the end of the movie. Okay. 
when when a certain character is running away down like a long hallway oh yes yes of a bunch of puppets yeah um it's it's a spooky scene and the puppets are really really well done but the intro to that scene is just uh styles is reading like i mean she's not reading anything but she's she's um orating like this very ominous right dark passage out of a Sutter Kane novel mm. that's describing this like really creepy and like devastating army and it's it's kind of eerie because you're seeing everything that she's reading you're seeing it all play out on uh Sam right. Neill's character's face and it's really effective to me yeah it's but then good. they show the then they show the army and they don't quite live up to <laughs> to the to the passage you know it's so, kind of like oh goofy creepy puppets but like, I, I thought know. they were great, uh, yeah. personally. I mean, John Carpenter. John Carpenter cap- captures them pretty well. You know, right. like he directs how they're shot pretty well. But at the same time, they don't they don't live up to the description that was just read off. You know. Yeah. So I uh, so I think we should talk a little bit uh, about the the framing of this film the the beginning and end uh mm-hmm. i i don't want to give away too many details about it but it is uh a a story told with in in medius rest i'm i said it wrong I'm yeah sure i did um, no i think that's right um but anyways he uh <clears throat> but i think it's like sometimes that really bothers me in a film especially when it's completely unnecessary but i think this is like the well most well written uh in medias rest i've seen in, in a long time um that i i can remember to talk about anyways and it's only because he's telling the story and like yeah people people that's a trope in itself and people seem to avoid that well it's, it really it's like forced here yeah, it's like yeah, it is kind of like Forrest Gump. Um, I mean, the, that's yeah, the it's the same. It's similar. Yeah, yeah, because it's like Forrest Gump's just sitting on a bench. He tells his life story and then he ends it, and it's right. it's very similar here where it's you know a character, um, you know he Sam Neill's character goes to an asylum, uh, and you know at the asylum he tells the doctor his story and how he went insane, right? And you know we watch that journey. And then it ends in the asylum, and that's the only details we should say. Because mm-hmm. it's and I don't. I will say seeing. I will say I don't like the ending. You don't like the ending. It doesn't. It, I mean, it, it's just like Stephen King. It's uh, yeah. I love them. I love them so much. Their endings always leave more to be desired, because sure. it's never it's never what you want it to be, and that's right. That's very selfish to say, you know, it's, it's, it's the author's imagination. The author, you know, wants to end it typically in Stephen King's way. He wants to end it so that you can come up with your own, you know, you you can kind of be like, all right, he ended it right there, but I'm just going to say that the character lived happily ever after, you know, the character got past that, that final hurdle Mm -hmm. that came up at the end, or you can be like me and be morbid and be like, Ooh, that ending means he died. You know, there's nothing more to this story. Um, but like they end it, they end it with a like an almost cliffhanger. And really? you I feel like this, this. I mean, this movie doesn't really feel cliffhangery, but like at the end, you know, it kind of just it ends so that I I just wanted more. I was like, ah, oh, that's that's what we're going with. That's fine. I feel like I feel like it would have been more effective if they had ended it more cliffhangery. 
mm. before okay. before those last like three to four minutes i it guess is, there is a pretty long falling action i'll say yeah. that um but i i i did enjoy uh sam neil's portrayal in that those last final moments of the ending agreed yeah i really liked that um uh, i okay closing statements i guess would be good for this you went first i i would say well i feel like maybe before closing statements too we could still there's still um there's plenty to talk about i just don't want to give it away because i want people yeah i don't want to give everything away either but there's some good effective scares that i really love with this movie um one particular being the painting we won't say what's scary about the painting um but it's it's such a beautiful scare there and uh that painting resides in a hotel or whatever you would call it um an inn but like you know the the keeper of the inn is really creepy Mm -hmm. uh you know she's she's such a nice old lady but there's that there's that you know secret underside that you know is lurking there there. Yeah. yeah there's something under there's something underneath it all um and i think that's one of the beautiful things that john carpenter captures in this movie too is the that peaceful New England town of Stephen King's mm-hmm. right. that has that that has that dark underbelly, you know, and it's I don't like it's such a beautiful like when they pull in the Hobbs End, you know, it's it's such a nice autumn scene. Yeah, you know, you got that you got that perfectly clean street with the you know the old fashioned Victorian housing and everything. Like it's such well not Victorian, but you know what I mean um but it's such yeah. a nice like new england feel and i love it um and i think that's one of the beautiful things is how john carpenter just sets up everything the atmosphere is spooky um his scares are you know just creepy and dramatic and like really well set up yeah um, I, I guess I, I guess i could just make this my closing statement because i'm just gushing about it really yeah um, um that is true um but i i think that you still are saying things that i don't know people would like to hear about a movie if they're gonna be interested yeah, in yeah. um i mean I, I mean i guess if i was just gonna lead it up to a closing statement though i would give it three and a half stars um i yeah. do feel like it leaves it leaves a little something to be desired still it's not a perfect movie sure um it's it's kind of dated at times uh you know, not non PC at moments. Oh, um, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But but overall I love psychological horrors. They're one some of my mm-hmm. favorite horror movies. I love things that get into the mind and they play around with your perception of things. And I think this movie is one of the best that to do that. Um I was really excited to show it to you because I had seen it last year and I feel like last year was one of those times where I was just like, Oh, I feel like Blake would love this movie. <laughs> and then when I, when I was making the threesomes for this year, I was just, I was like, oh, I can't wait to show this one to Blake. I bet he's gonna love this. So, Aww. yeah, Thanks, I'm really Blake. happy. You, I'm really happy you did enjoy it because I, I thought you would. I really did, and I guess that would just leave me to say my closing statement about it. Um, go watch this movie. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, I like. I think it's. I would honestly pay money. To go see this movie in the theater, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it was. 
remastered. Yeah, maybe remastered. <laughs> maybe with some uh, scenes that they deleted worked in or something like that. That yeah. would be cool. Um, and maybe that would make it, maybe that will give it that extra half a star, Greg. Uh, maybe. I, maybe. But there is, <laughs> there is some very confusing moments in this movie. But that's the point (laughs) it's supposed to like make you wonder what's real in the movie and you know if the if the lights were dark enough and i was in the right mindset i might have been questioning what was what was real because honestly because you know we're both writers so Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i it's not that i was identifying with sutter kane I just was like, oh my god, uh, all these well, people yeah. I've killed off and, and things I've written, <laughs> they're real. <laughs> right, you're just thinking about, it's like, what have I created, and do I want to be in the same town as them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but Sutter I, yeah. Kane, like, that that character just by himself was so creepy, and I loved mm. him. He's so He's kind of over the top, and oh, it works so perfectly for his style character um i can't remember the actor's name but it's he's one of the more enjoyable parts of the film too i might say his name wrong it's jurgen Porchnow. yeah i bet you said that wrong i probably said it now but wrong (laughs) um, i probably said it porch (laughs) now i probably said it porch now and i'm sorry mr um Sutter King. Porch now. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's he's really great in the movie. Like, everybody yeah. acts pretty well. Um, I feel like the only movie that's tried... There's a... Oh, I can't remember what the name of the movie is. I think Leonardo DiCaprio's in it recently. No, it's not Leonardo DiCaprio. It's somebody I always associate with Leo. But there was a horror movie recently that tried to do this like psychological and an insane asylum kind of thing. Oh really? And it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't that great in my opinion. But some people liked it. Hmm. I'll look it up. I'll look it up when we're setting up the next tape, and I'll mention it before we go into the next movie. All right, sounds <laughs> good. Uh, uh all right. Yeah, I think we both. I think we both love and uh, highly recommend "In the Mouth of Madness." In the Mouth of Madness. I will eventually be adding it to my DVD collection. It was. Yeah. It's yet again good. yet again scored and directed by john carpenter he scored this film too yeah and the the score is fucking good <laughs> yeah not as iconic as halloween but just as yeah. uh just as thrilling and further further onwards to velvet buzzsaw we go there we go um velvet buzzsaw uh i think it's a net netflix original Yes, it is. Um, if we're gonna say that, we should mention that uh, "In the Mouth of Madness" is available to be rent on Amazon Prime, and "Deep Red" is just available on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Um, but here on Netflix, we get a <laughs> horror movie, uh, more of a, a satire um, with horror overtones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I, I would say that. That, I get. I didn't. I didn't. You know, these are movies that like 
when I heard of them, I just watched them. I didn't look up trailers. I didn't research them too much. You know, I wrote them down because I saw them like a subreddit or something. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, I loved In the Mouth of Madness. wasn't hard to you know get me to watch because you know I saw John Carpenter's name. I'm like, yep, I'm on board. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> honestly, Velvet Buzzsaw was kind of the same way. You know, I don't really know Dan Gilroy. Uh, he's the writer and director. Um, he wrote and directed Nightcrawler, which you know hmm. also stars Jake Gyllenhaal. Pretty fun movie. Um, I don't really remember it too much. I just remember Jake Gyllenhaal's you know crazy talent in that movie. Um, but Dan Gilroy also wrote The Bourne Legacy, which is the Jeremy Renner oh. one, the one I forget yeah. ever existed. Uh, I forgot about that too. <laughs> <laughs> he also wrote Kong Skull Island, which that's all right. You know, that's I, right. I had I had yeah. some fun there. It was yeah, it was okay movie. I I think that movie suffered from uh, the producers handling it too much. I can uh, agree with that. I think it had a lot of potential. Yeah, they're trying to so hard to set up Godzilla and so hard to get rid of John Goodman within five minutes. <laughs> I know, Jesus. But, like, another thing that Velvet Buzzsaw has going for it is the crazy ensemble cast. You know, it's got Jake Gyllenhaal, um, Zawe Ashton. Uh, she's really good. She's crazy good in this movie. I really liked her. Uh, you know, Rene Russo, who I know for Major League and Lethal, uh, Lethal Weapons 3 and 4. <laughs> uh, it's got Natalia Dyer from Stranger Things, uh, the one yeah. kid's older sister. Man, I didn't um, recognize her actually. Yeah, uh, she yeah, she's great in this. Yeah, she's, she's great in this movie too. Tony Collette from Hereditary is in this. Again, she looks quite different, and you know, because she's got a crazy hairstyle. In good this. character, great uh, character. love. Yeah, like everybody in this movie is so good, yeah. in like in how they act. I mean, especially Jake Gyllenhaal. But we'll get we'll get there. Um, out of the blue, I didn't know he was in this, comes John Malkovich. Yeah, I had no just idea stroll- either. I was like, oh, just strolling down the hallway. Yeah, just yeah. strolling down the hallway, and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm so in love right now. <laughs> you know, it's like everything was everything was hitting for me with this movie. Like, it's, you know, especially up front. Uh, David Diggs, who I don't know him except for Thomas Jefferson as in, in, in Hamilton. Hmm. Um, you know, I just watched that on Disney Plus not too long ago, and he's... It's great to see him here. I'm really excited to see him in more stuff because he's just a fun, great character. He was um, good in this movie. I did not recognize him, but now you said, yeah, he, he's completely different roles. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's it, it, we're seeing his talent. And I'm really excited to see him take off. Did, I don't, I don't know if he's been in much wrong, else, Greg. But did he not also play Lafayette? yeah yeah he did mm-hmm. man that guy's talented <laughs> yeah yeah he's great he's good um and then to round up the ensemble cast of people that i knew i mean i, I didn't really know zawa ashton but i wanted to mention her because we're gonna talk about her yeah she's um, but good. the other the other actor i knew is billy magnuson uh he's the the guy who's like painting or hand doing handiwork right. uh right. yeah he he's in into the woods and uh aladdin most recently that I know of. Oh um, yeah, he was the prince in Into the. I I knew yeah, I recognized him. I just he, didn't. Well, he's also the he's were. yeah he's also the prince in Aladdin. Uh, oh Did yeah. you see the? That did you see the new weird, Yes, I did. That was yeah. a weird 
entry in that movie. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know about it. He, he's not always my favorite, but he is kind of funny in those movies. Um, and he's, yeah, he's I, pretty I funny he here funny. again. You know, it's like everybody, everybody works well in this movie. They're all kind of, mm-hmm. they all have their, their weird uh, eccentricities. You know, that make them just, just their personalities are all just. They have there's so many weird tidbits to their characters that I just love, and uh, we'll start with Jake Gyllenhaal because that's that's the beginning of the synopsis. You know, Jake Gyllenhaal is yeah. an art critic who comes to a uh, comes to a, a show. You know, you meet you know they, they set all the characters up at one you know one tiny one little event. art art yeah. gallery. Yeah. Um, you know, they just bounce back and forth between all the characters. You introduce the, that huge cast that we just spent what five minutes on, um, yeah. And it's it's really well set up. It's slow paced for like forty minutes. Like you don't know this is a horror movie. I feel like for forty minutes, like you, yeah, it could be a, anything. It's an it's an art movie until until it turns. You know, it's it's very dramatic. It's all about um, you know. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character is, uh, what would you say, sexually fluid? Not sexually fluid, but uh, um, I I don't know. I think he's his sexual interests too. Um, his his sexual interests are fluid. Um, yes, yeah. And you know he's he's dating a guy named Ben, but he's not really, you know, he's not really satisfied with Ben. So he starts, you know, he he runs into Zaiway Easton or Ashton, who he met before at some other event like way in their past and yeah and rome, he starts a relationship so i think it was rome is what they said yeah and he starts a relationship with her um and it's a bad time for her to start a relationship because her boyfriend just cheated on her you know like they all have their dramas right. going on and the basic plot of the story like what finally gets it going is that way ashton's character uh you know she comes home to her apartment and finds an old man dead um he seems like he was in the act of rushing out uh down the stairs or something and had a heart attack or something you find out he was trying to destroy some or she finds out she that he was trying to destroy his paintings that Mm -hmm. he had and he had many many paintings in his apartment but he wants them all destroyed. That was his dying wish. You know, he wanted everything in there obliterated. Very strict instructions. Mm-hmm. Get rid of it. But instead, Zawe Ashton sees a way to make her career take off. You know, uh, to she, you know, she finally thinks she can hit it big. Yeah, she's she gets... some kind of uh, art seller. Um, yeah. I don't know what the term would be for them. I'm sure yeah, we're not part of the art world. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and you know she's she wants to sell the you know his paintings and they start selling like wildfire you know everybody starts eating them up they're really you know people are buying them for millions um but there's there's something weird about the paintings you know everybody starts obsessing over them at first and i thought that was one of the greatest things about this movie is before you know something's weird with the paintings everybody's obsessing with it already I thought right. that's what the horror element was. I thought that it was just a mental thing that mm-hmm. you saw the painting and it just like grabbed hold of your mind. But I really you do like the paintings. I'll say I really. Oh did. yeah, they were. They, they were, were definitely good. like um, not imitations. Imitation is not the right word, but they're definitely reflections of other masterpieces, but mm-hmm. just twisted. Yeah, and 
that was it was the art was really interesting i i don't know much about the art world but i do think art is interesting yeah and and i've spent a lot of time at uh our local museums and man this stuff i thought was really good and like if they Mm -hmm. if it was discovered in the time period that uh the art that it's reflecting was discovered uh you know coming about i think they would have been considered one of the masters but um yeah for it really works for this movie yeah it it really does and it's i agree i think the artwork is beautiful i'm not an art critic um but you know for me personally like i really enjoyed a lot of the paintings i think i would have some of them hanging up you know personally in in a home if i ever got one of those big nice fancy homes i want to hang up these fancy paintings i feel like i would have a dece that was the artist's yes. name is Deese. Yeah, Deese. But um, what was his first name? It was good. I don't know. <laughs> like Zeter or something? I don't know. That's yeah. not right. Zephyr? No. Zephyr Deese. But no, um it's it's just it's you know, one you find out though that just like with uh, In the Mouth of Madness, it has a very similar, you know, oddity to the paintings. And it's it's really well done. It looks really good. It's creepy um you know i would definitely say that i spent like the rest of that night looking at the paintings on my wall you know differently <laughs> like ah, you know i want to make sure i make sure everything's mm-hmm. right there mm-hmm. um they handle it really well uh you know the jokes on the art world even though i don't know the art world it's funny um yeah. you know i could i could relate to it it's kind of like it feels like an outsider's opinion of the art world so i'm sure a lot of it's probably wrong or you know people Mm -hmm. who love the art world might not enjoy it i don't know uh but it's from an outsider's perspective it was enjoyable to watch Mm -hmm. um especially jake gyllenhaal's character because he is a critic and i've done a you know an art or a movie blog for a very long time Mm -hmm. and it's it's fun how they play with his fears a little bit throughout the movie because they sure do yeah his criticisms come back to haunt him you know things that he's you know people want him to say things specifically to boost their their work other people rely so heavily upon what he's going to say like obviously i'm not i've never had anybody uh look forward to my review from you know from the like the actor's perspective like but 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 still you know it's like from a critic critic's perspective you know when you when you do mock people's work you're like well you know the the first response everybody's going to give you is like well you couldn't do that and it's like yeah. yeah you're right you're right you know i can't i can't get out there and act like jake Gyllenhaal, but like at the same time but I, I also have seen a lot of movies and i'll tell yeah. you this one didn't didn't do me good yeah well but i mean yeah for the bit yes for the movie itself, like he do, he's amazing. You know, he's great oh, yeah. in this role. Uh, him and Dan Gilroy, I you know I guess they just the the director Dan Gilroy, I guess they just connect really well because he pulled he's pulled yet another great performance from Jake Gyllenhaal in my opinion. Um, just a great yeah. cast all around. I think early in his career it was clear that Jake Gyllenhaal had something good and then i think he just got kind of tired of it for a little while and then he was like you know what i'm going to take it seriously I'm do that's the, what I'm i would do the say prince of persia yeah i'm going to do the prince of persia oh man 
that movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I I did enjoy this uh, movie for uh, the most part. Uh, there were things that kind of uh, bothered me in the in the end that made me feel. Um, I don't know. I felt like the main thing was like I loved what was going on with the painting and the psychological stuff. Everything was clicking real good for that. Um, but at a certain point, I didn't understand John. Um, oh my God, I was going to call him John Mellencamp for some reason. John Malkovich. John Trent. Yeah, John Trent. Um, John Malkovich. Uh, he... I didn't understand his storyline, why it really played into it. Um, they didn't really do anything with it either, though. No, I they didn't really. Um, there was like he gets the last scene in the movie. I, I don't. It's the credits scene. I don't think it's giving away. I don't feel like his story really connected to the rest of the story. Um, no. Besides the fact that he was being kind of ignored, he is the has been type character in the movie. Um, uh, that's the, that's the only real connection I feel like I get from him and the rest of the story. Um, and then the other thing was like the, um, the motive, like the, I, I didn't feel like, let's just call it the haunt. Yeah. The, yeah. I didn't quite understand why. It was doing this. I, I felt like it was trying to clue us in to yep. a bigger thing other than that this guy just wanted his work destroyed. And they never really delved into it. I agree um, wholeheartedly there. That was my biggest my biggest yeah. problem with this movie is that last act really. Yeah. Because they don't sure. they don't they don't clear up a lot of the murkier details. The story mm. kind of starts feeling clunky. As you said, I didn't understand why any of it was happening. Yeah, it was it yeah. was cool. The kills yeah, it was were definitely really cool. cool all the way through. It was cool, but then at the end, it's like, but why? <laughs> yeah, like there was no, there was no reason for it. There wasn't a, a pleasing resolve. Yeah, no. Um, I would say no, but maybe people could go into it knowing our opinion on that of the, yeah, maybe. That, that ending and they would be like oh that's not that's not bad at all i liked it um, yeah well uh, it, but, it has one of those endings that makes you think maybe if you go back and rewatch it maybe you'll understand better maybe uh, maybe you'll get it more yeah. um but i don't i think for the first viewing it's really fun the mm -hmm. kills are really cool especially that that last one <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, the the I'll just say the title of the movie Velvet Buzzsaw. I didn't understand yeah. at all why that's the title. I don't know. But it does link it... into the last kill and I loved it. Like Yeah, that's that's the only reason. Like they named it after one scene and they dropped it in at the very beginning of the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. I'll they... say I'll have to say it has to do with um Rene Ru Russo's backstory. Yeah. That that's and the, like... that, that's it. And I'm sure there's something there, you know, I'm sure there's something there. I'm sure we could deep dive and pick it apart if yeah. we wanted to. But like, honestly, I wasn't, 
invested enough to want to deep dive further into this movie right Um, i thought that her background would become a more prevalent um a more prevalent part of the story that's that that, like why why else name it that um yeah i thought there was going to be more of a purpose to that and to the haunt itself um sorry a bit of a spoiler there uh but that's yeah it, it does but it does it is kind of you know, kind of pointless, and I didn't. I'm sure there's a meaning to it. I'm sure uh, Dan Gilroy was like, "This is what it means deep down." You know, he's like, "Somebody will figure it out," and I'm sure I, it's already out there. You know, somebody's I already picked it apart. A, like a minute, not a minute. Uh, like maybe twenty seconds of the trailer. Um, yeah. Because you know, on Netflix, the trailers automatically play. Um, yeah. But besides that. I didn't look into this movie at all, so I didn't mm-hmm. really know it was supposed to be a satire um, while watching it. Like, I, there's obvious moments where it's like, oh yeah, this is this is poking at the, the art community. That's kind of fun. Um, but maybe there's something satirical in the in the ending. I don't know. Like you said, I don't know if if there is something that we're just completely missing um, yeah, i'm sure there's i'm sure there's something he wants us to pick apart <laughs> right. but i'm just not you know i again sure what it i is. think it's a fun movie i think it has some really interesting and good well set up kills right i do feel like most of the kills kind of do fall flat they kind of feel um a little boring when they happen but the the mm. setup to them the tension the build everything is great um right but the story just kind of peters out at in the third act, and I'm, I just don't, I don't. It becomes just about the scare, then you know, it's kind of like fear, right, though, let's, yeah, it's like let's wrap it up. Good. Yeah, well, it was good, I, but at the same time, it was also kind of like, well, I know what's going to happen. Like, there's only uh, one thing yeah, that can true. happen. That's true. You do know what's going to happen, but um, like you said. The entire there wasn't a cast member who I thought was falling behind. No, um, just this, John this, Malkovich being left out. Yeah, John Malkovich was left out, but his performance was not bad by any means. But uh, again, that could be symbolic. His character being left out could be because his character feels left out. As I mean, maybe I don't. <laughs> so I don't we know. can give it. We can give it meaning. I'm sure. No, yeah. I. I mean. I don't want to poke fun at it. It's it's a fun movie that I did yeah. enjoy. It did have me. Uh, there were moments where I was definitely like, you know, clenching my fist, like, "Oh, what's gonna happen?" Right. You know, I was getting a little right. little tense. Um, so it, it did work out that eerie eerie atmosphere. I do think well. if I would have known, you know, I'm sorry. You go ahead, and I'll save that for my closing statement. Yeah. Well, I mean, I went into this not knowing. Uh, anything about this movie i hadn't seen a trailer all i had i you know i think i saw it on a reddit on a subreddit somewhere it's like a horror movie that people should see you know it's on netflix i was like all right wrote it down somewhere and then just added it to my list and you know i'm pleasantly pleased you know you know just find it on netflix uh i think if you were to find this on you know just late at night you'd you'd enjoy it i give it uh two and a half stars um it's thrilling it's you know it's uh it's got a decent story beautiful cast uh yeah 
you know, the tension's fun. The atmosphere is really well set up. Uh, you know, makes fun of the art world. If you if you enjoy making fun of that a little bit, you can uh, you can have some good laughs here. I guess it's just it's it's just beautiful. It's fun, but nice. at the same time, I don't you know I don't think it's uh, if we if we're gonna go ahead and give our best of the of the threesome too. For me, it's in the mouth of madness. Uh, I, I'm gonna go ahead and assume we're in agreement there. We'll find out and when you get there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, um, I'll go further into why it's in the mouth of madness. But I don't think this one beats that. It, it it was very close between this one and in the mouth of madness, but that third yeah. act just kind of yeah. dropped it for me. Yeah. So in closing, for me, <clears throat> I feel like. I would have enjoyed this movie better if I knew it was supposed to be satirical. Like I, you know, I was watching this movie and I was taking the, the setup rather seriously as, you know, these people trying to work in the art world. And so there was a couple of times where things were quite goofy where I was like, why is this so goofy? So uh-huh. if, if I knew that it was supposed to be a satirical yeah, I think don't. I I would have enjoyed those moments a little bit better, um, <clears throat> but all in all, I think it was worth the click, if if for just the cast. To uh, to that end, yes, go ahead watch this movie. Just uh, it might you might feel like us and it falls flat at their end, or you might pick up something that we missed and yeah. it, it'll be good for you. Um, yeah, uh, congratulations to the cast and the director. I just didn't <laughs> quite get the ending, I guess. Yeah, it just it it it, it left more to be desired than in the mouth of madness for me. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and so yeah, uh, then who would I invite back to the threesome? Who who's coming back to bed with me and two others and you? Um, <laughs> uh, it I, it's definitely going to be in the mouth of madness uh it's i that movie was great i like i said when we were talking about it i'm definitely gonna buy the the blu-ray for that or something yeah it was it was good i i definitely want to watch it again yeah Um, i think it, it it brings the most um you know it's it's psychological it's unnerving it's got a lot of great creepy horror uh shots and and some good scares um Good effects. Great technical work, good effects, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Velvet really Vessel is a lot of me. fun. It yeah. fucked with me, really. <laughs> and, like, I got a little bit of that with Velvet Buzzsaw, but yeah. not, like, in the Mouth of Madness. So I, I don't even think, honestly, it was very also, close for me uh, yeah. between the two. Uh, but I definitely like Velvet Buzzsaw more than Deep Red. Personally. Yeah, I guess, I guess what I mean when I say it was very close, it was more like... Uh, I liked all three of these movies, okay. So I didn't know which one I liked more. Really, I didn't really have a, a set decision going into this. Oh, um, wow. But That's but as we were nice. talking, yeah. But but <laughs> I mean, I was kind of feeling in the mouth of madness. Mm. But you know, as we were talking, the more I was just like, you know, there are some issues with Deep Red that kind of you know I kind of forgot about it or I kind of right uh, just overlooked it, overlooked it, and then with Velvet Buzzsaw. You know, I I do like it, but it it did. You know, there's just something about it near the end that I was yeah. just like, it 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 wasn't consistent either. The kills, like, 
At one time you see the haunt in the back of a car, but most times the haunt is just in the paint. Um, right. So it's like, I don't know. It, it, it felt weird to me. There wasn't, uh, it, it was clunky. That's, that's the way I'd put it. The story was clunky. Yeah. Um, whereas with In the Mouth of Madness, it's just a joyride. Like, <laughs> a joyride of terror. They both have really good performances from the cast. Yeah. So, given that they both have that, but there's just so much less... I know you said you didn't like quite like the uh, the last act, the end of the last act anyways, of In the Mouth of Madness. But I feel like if you compare the two last acts, it's yeah. got to be in the mouth of madness for me. Well, well I, I, yeah, I I didn't hate the end of it. Um, it's more of just like when it ended, I was just like, all right. Yeah, gotcha. like I feel like they could have ended it earlier and it would have rang more. You know, hmm. if they if they had a That's if fair. they had a if they had an earlier ending that probably was more of like a cliffhanger, like felt more like a Stephen King story, that'd be great. But they just kept going. Well, <laughs> they just kind of like they had it. They had to fall further. <laughs> I think that everyone could get more of the man with four names. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Sam Neil, John Trent, John Trent. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but his name in Jurassic Park is Doctor Grant, right? What's his first name? I don't know, man. I, I love I love Jurassic Park. You, we're 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 gonna discover that uh, when it comes to movies, I don't remember character names at all. Right. Um. Unless I've seen that movie like maybe a thousand times. I don't know uh, why. I just like even I when I'm watching know. a movie, I like I might know the character's name when I'm watching the movie, but like ten minutes out after leaving the theater, it's out of the head. I don't remember it. Oh, <laughs> I, I, there is definitely for that with side characters for me, but. Uh, main characters seem to to stick pretty good uh, for their names. Alan. Yep. I just wanted to make Alan, sure he was, yeah. a, he was a man with two Alan. first names. Okay. That's yep, all I wanted yep. to know. And I have to go through his entire cast list to see. Yeah, you're uh, going to have to do that. Do your homework for the next, uh, yeah. the next Same podcast ne- we movie. do. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah i think i think uh yet again we've come to a uh an agreeable conclusion on the threesome yeah uh, maybe maybe some threesome soon we'll have a split where we'll uh, you and i are you and i choose different uh different films to come to what, the threesome. that hasn't happened yet i don't think no it it's i think you're right no we've been yeah we've been agreeing uh there have been moments where it's like with uh with halloween and nightmare on elm street where you know, I could have gone Halloween. You but could have gone. I was really surprised you didn't go Halloween. Yeah, it was, it was more of like going against my bias, um, because I love Halloween too much. But I do think Nightmare on Elm Street was the better film there. But you know, we're in agreement again. Maybe the next next threesome, we'll uh, we'll change. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. find you guys. We'll find our couch potatoes back here uh, <laughs> next Thursday. Thursday nights. Thursday threesomes. Uh, so, uh, I've been the faceless Leon. And I am and always shall be the green traveler. <laughs> <laughs> Happy travels, everybody. Good night. Night. Love y'all. Hey there, Couch Potatoes. The faceless Leon here to tell you about our special Halloween episode. A horror genre smackdown. 
We dropped this puppy the day of everything bleak and ghoulish. We hope you have enjoyed our month-long revels thus far, and that you're looking forward to capping it off with something special. Happy Halloween. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of FictionWorks 19. We plan to publish new episodes of this podcast every Thursday evening. If you'd like to give us a comment, please visit us at facebook.com slash greenandfaceless. There you'll find many links to our show and to our website. Thanks for listening.